Oh, welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast, episode 80. Uh, the interlow is over. There's real football back. Club football. How good. Tommy's here to uh, discuss it. Actually, we're actually in the studio together. And by studio, I mean a dinner dinner table in a, next to a kitchen. With some pots and pans. Some pots and, and pans. Um, my microphone's being held up by a... Uh, some Tupperware. Yep. Rice microwavable container. How you should cook How rice. Good. This is who says we aren't professional. Exactly. It's taken us eighty episodes and we're finally at the peak of production value. Yeah. This is the way to do it. We rarely actually get together to record these days, but we are we are today. Uh so we're trying something new. So if there's uh if there's sound issues on this one, I guess <laughs> I guess you'll know when you're listening to it, won't you? A little bit of sucking and see about it. Yep. Alright, should we just jump straight into it? Uh, you ready to go? Yeah, let's. Yep, yeah. I'm full. I'm feeling good. Let's. Uh, I want to start with the fantasy this week because I saw the top point score of the week so far. There's one game to go. Forest still to play Leicester, but mm, how many of those do you think we have? I would imagine not many people have a Spurs. Uh, sorry, a Leicester or Forest player. Uh, but I saw this week's so far point leader. Um, Scott Lindsay from the Downs. Big week. His team, aptly named Nully Secundus, the, the Downs motto, second mm-hmm. to none. He, uh, I, like I can that. tell you, after seeing him today, having just won the Amateur League double yesterday, that it was the furthest thing from his mind. Oh. And that actually getting the most points this week in fantasy football was the highlight. As you know, as he as was ecstatic, should, you know. As, yeah. The double, eh, it's good, but done it before doesn't matter exactly leading point scorer for the week in night shift football he might not even get it actually he could still lose it tomorrow but we'll give him the shout out anyway because we're recording before the games are done so Leachy's triple captain Vardy or something random yeah <laughs> idiot uh Callum Miller still leads the way Picky Blinders on top of the charts that uh, 93 points Callum got this week Scott got 94 big so. scores big mm. scores we did okay we got 70 odd yeah, that's improvement for us. Yeah, we're on yeah. our way back up. Considering we never checked our team either. No, because if we did, we probably wouldn't have played uh, Diego Dalot at fullback. So. And I would have dropped Highline because there's no way he was ever going to score against Maine nah, United. Stupid. I'm so glad we captained Salah. Yeah. Uh, we'll jump into some actual games. Yeah? Please. Why not start with uh, the big one? Saturday night. The North London derby. <laughs> Love that this is your big one. And, uh, well, it was... This is the North was, London derby. It was a big and it was one the, of the weekend. Yeah. It was the first game... Of the weekend, um, Arsenal 3, Spurs 1. We watched this one together. Uh, thoughts? Uh, loved one team in this game and absolutely deplored the other team in this game. And I'm really stoked that the team that I enjoy watching won this. I'm glad we agree. Uh, I, Without even trying to be biased in favour of Arsenal, even if I was watching this game as a neutral, Spurs were actually just pathetic like what is the what is the plan? Is the plan to not bother competing until the other team gets disinterested in the game, or are they literally waiting for mistakes to occur? Because they've just they've got such a great team, but no willingness to move past their halfway line and do anything of note in attack. Yeah, for a massive amount of that first half, Harry Kane was thirty five yards out from his own goal. He was, yeah, more often in his defensive third, trying to nullify, you know, the attacking efforts of Saliba or one of the screening midfielders or the fullbacks coming into midfield. Um, I feel entirely justified for calling Spurs unconvincing last episode because they're just downright atrocious to watch. Yeah, they're atrocious. Um, Is that too much? No. No, it's not. (laughs) I can't believe how... Well, uh, our friend from Heaps About Nothing, Todd commented that um, Spurs did concede two goals to the worst Leicester side it's true. in existence. I think Arsenal did that too. But, yeah, but it's, know, it's kind like, of a different, it's a different kind of con- concession <laughs> when that happens. But yeah, Thomas Party scored a worldie. And then uh, the only reason Spurs looked like they were half in this game was because of that ridiculous Gabriel tackle. Mm. Um, if he doesn't do that, that's just what an idiot. It was a comedy of errors to begin with. Like the whole sequence was... Ramsdale coming too far out of his goal, like flapping at balls. 
um, which then, you know, puts the defense under pressure. That kind of forces the Xhaka miscontrol. And then he's always reaching for it, isn't he, Gabriel? Shows it to him and then see ya. He's, um, he's vulnerable to those dumb brain fades. I guess most defenders are going to have those moments at some point. He just, he's still, uh, he's still pretty raw. Yeah, that's it. It's a rash that challenge, one. isn't he's it? He's pretty raw. He's desperate to win everything and you can't always win everything. Just stand him up. Yeah. Ridiculous to slide in like that. Uh, gave Tottenham a lifeline that they didn't really deserve and it made us have to sit through all that Harry Kane stuff about how he owns this fixture. Um, <laughs> they did pour it on, didn't they, in the commentary? <laughs> yeah. Well, does he own it when he's 35 yards out from his own goal for the other 80 minutes of the game? Like, well, that's the part of the land that he owns of which this game is. Yeah. His heat map would have been ridiculous. Um, a bit of fortune for Arsenal to go ahead, but you can't say they didn't deserve it. bit of fortune. Maybe it is the constant pressure upon goal. The kind of forces like Larissa's mistake in that situation. He's got a centre back standing on his toes, basically trying to clear the ball because they are so deep defensively all of the time. Um, I, I just it was another well worked move that caused uh, panic in the six yard box, and you do that five, ten, fifteen times in a game, and yeah, you're going to bound to come up at least one time with glory. Yeah, definitely. Uh, going chronologically, the red card was next. Mm, Thoughts? It, it was surprising because. We didn't see it initially, I think, because it was kind of caught after the pass was played, so the camera pans away. And there was a couple of reds I saw on the weekend where what we saw was the camera flashing onto the referee giving the red card without seeing the challenge first. And so, yeah, it took me back a little bit, but after you see it on replay, it probably looks worse than what it is initially. The challenge is high and it's late, but is it, like, malicious? Is he trying... I mean, it, it doesn't matter, does it? But in my yeah. mind, that's the kind of thing I factor in. I think it's dangerous. Dangerous. It's yeah. definitely dangerous catching someone's ankle. That's how ankles get broken. Exactly. Because so. he's got that straight leg standing there. Yeah. By the time he's passed it. Um, I think the linesman may have helped as well with that one because he was right there, I guess. Mm-hmm. I loved Richarlison trying to wave the red card away. <laughs> yeah, like he has the control to get rid of that. Can I say, I think I've said it every time we talk about Spurs, but is this, gonna be a this guy is a massive flog, isn't he? <laughs> isn't he? He really is. Down to the, you know, the, the, the tinted frosted tips on the top of his head, down to his ridiculous juggling in a nothing match, into this in a game where he actually has to perform and do something and another one that went totally missing or perhaps strangled by Conte's ultra-conservative tactics. Uh, I don't know where Tottenham go from here. They, they're obviously... Conte can coach, obviously. Um, mm. They've got players, the good players. Just, Some of the best not players. have faith in them to go out and play? He must not have faith in them to go out and be able to play. It's a great call. That's a really interesting his insight. His inter-team weren't like this. No. They played the same sh- shape, but they were go out and attack teams and try to score loads of goals and they did score lots of goals Mm. so I don't really understand this it's quite reminiscent of the Chelsea team but the Chelsea team I think perhaps had more individual um, game breakers yep like very fortunate in different areas of the pitch yeah that's it because he's Spurs are front loaded that's it yeah because Conte's Chelsea team had Conte right and I mean if any side that's going to have Conte is going to be a, you know, a world beater in midfield and he doesn't have that midfield at the moment and so they can't win that battle and I think that's why he decides to sit in a little bit deeper play more conservatively but yeah you're right they are top heavy because they've got five attackers that could easily walk into the first team of most Premier League sides yeah um, yeah banging result for Arsenal uh, Granite Xhaka looks like a, he's a different player mm-hmm. when Thomas Partey's in there as a holding midfielder yeah because it pushes him forward I spoke the other week about how it's kind of turned him into the Aaron Ramsey type where he makes those late runs into the box and stuff as well. And he got rewarded with a goal this time, albeit from Spurs' comical defending again. But it's just pressure after pressure after pressure. It is. It was relentless in the game as well. Um, Leon Osman described Xhaka as the left-footed Kevin De Bruyne. Are we in danger of going overboard here? <laughs> That's Leon Osman has already gone well overboard there. That's a ridiculous thing to say. I like that they described him as Everton great, Leon Osman. <laughs> Everton great. Yep. That'll sum that up. There's a bit of hyperbole everywhere, I think. Um, the other one I wanted to mention, I wanted to mention William Saliba. I'm not sure we've talked about him much, but he's kind of kept... Tommy Asu is um, Arsenal's choice of right back. He's been out injured, which has meant Ben White plays right back, which means Saliba plays centre back, and Saliba's been playing that well that it's keeping Ben White at right back. And keeping Tommy Asu out of the team. Tommy Asu came back for this game. He came off the bench. Mm. Um, 
Came but Saliba's been excellent. He came on for an injured player, didn't he? Tommy Yasu. Who? Uh, no, he came on for Ben White, I think. Okay, didn't Ben White go down hurt? Uh, I'm not sure. It was the 89th minute. Oh, okay, yeah. So. Might have just yeah. been subbed out. Um, but no, you're right. Uh, Saliba's performances have been outstanding. There was that moment where he took the ball in the six-yard box under pressure and he megged a player and then like, just Walks it out. turned and walked out of the box with it. The composure so cool. on this kid. He's so heavily hyped when they bought him and then Arsenal fans were spitting it that he spent two years out on loan. Um, but he's back. He's playing. Finally, and he looks like he's formed a good partnership back there, and that defense is looking pretty solid, especially with like Zinchenko coming. I'm a massive Kieran Tierney fanboy, but um, Zinchenko's been. It's good a to have the option. Level. It's yeah. good to have the option between the two. And Tierney's like fragile as fuck. Yes, yeah. always injured. So I mean, and when he came off the bench, uh, had that uh, rattling effort that really tested uh, Loris as well. So it's another thing if you can have the two of them rotating in the same game. Why not? Like you've got five subs now. You've got extended benches. Fullback position is one you can utilize and maybe play one each 45 minutes so you get the full fitness of each other. Um, I, Saliba is so good that he, at the moment, is contesting for a French World Cup spot. And, like, that's, yeah, he is. that's huge. Um, I was listening to a podcast, uh, Philippe Claire was saying potentially won't make it because he had a poor game against Denmark in the Nations League and he got hung. But, I mean, to be, to be in that top four, five, six French international players right now, huge moniker of where he is right now definitely we'll leave it at that good three points for Arsenal again uh, just to be able to beat uh, you know kind of a rival at that kind of area of the table so something they've been criticised for not doing uh, we'll move on uh, probably the game this is probably the best game of the night it had to be six Saturday, goals yeah. uh, Brighton three Liverpool three at Anfield uh, kick us off with this one Mark well, I can I just say Brighton real deal they are, they, they can definitely compete this season. And I'm saying yeah. that amongst the Super League clubs, we've been saying it. Yep. They've had the change of manager now. Deserby comes in and he pretty much just followed on with the Potter formula. And it was get, you know, three on two situations in midfield, advance with the ball. Don't be afraid of taking, you know, players on in dangerous possessions where you can turn it over and be caught on the counterattack. And they did that from the get-go. And the early goal really did spur them on. And they were just, again, brilliant to watch. Took it to them on their own turf. They just go about it so well. I love watching it. Like, they're just... They're not scared of anyone. Nah. They're just going at them, taking them. Even at, um, even at 2-0, they were still looking like they were cutting Liverpool open. Liverpool were lucky. Between scoring in the fourth minute and scoring in the 17th minute, in that patch there, Liverpool were lucky not to concede already anyway. A bucket, yeah. And then they did get the second goal, which they deserved. Trossard with two and then eventually the third later but that Allison made a massive save that denied I think it was McAllister um, there was another miss by someone it might have been Welbeck who missed one that probably should have done better with as well mm. it was awesome to watch and then uh, yeah Liverpool probably had the next spell from half an hour onwards it's like you know how they do that um, attacking outputs tactic now oh statistic I mean some sort of pressure gauge or yeah like, it's like a bunch of fucking arrows yeah, going in different bullshit, directions arbitrary numbers just more whiz bang shit to throw you while you're watching the game but this probably does sum it up well in this one because it was overwhelming overwhelmingly bright in the patches and then overwhelmingly Liverpool where all the goals came um, do you call this a good comeback if you're a Liverpudlian? Are you like happy about what just happened or are you a little bit relieved? I nah, I don't think so. I think at this point a draw is as good as a loss for them. You reckon? Considering their ambitions. Can you avert? Yeah, well, that's it. And they did come back and take the lead and then lost it again. Yeah, that, yeah. so you I guess so. <laughs> it's a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, a little <laughs> roller coaster, to use a cliche. Um, and they got some pretty lucky goals themselves as well. I mean, the third goal was a bit of a goalkeeper hash that... The third one's an own goal, um, but the first two are classic Roberto Firmino, tight space. Uh, no, the first one he puts away, yeah, that's the one I think where the keeper comes out of his line and Salah gets there first. Yeah, and it's kind of like across. an open goal kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Firmino does well to finish it, but then the second Firmino goal is classic Roberto Firmino. That's why I always liked him. Um, when he gets in those tight spaces in the box and he moves his feet so quick, mm-hmm. opens it up, cuts it across. You can, you can never really write this guy off. He's got five goals and three assists at home this season. Um, definitely like a big game player in front of his own fans. Doesn't really... It might be the way that Liverpool set up away from home as well. That doesn't really factor him into the game. But at Anfield, he is lightning still. And yeah, you can't discount his contribution to this Liverpool team. 
Definitely not. Um, I don't know what else to add to that one, but Trossard Hattie, that's yeah. at Anfield. Are you, are you, I'm so glad we brought him into our fantasy it team. Was our, it was our Sharp and did we? Mm, no, we, we didn't. We brought in Gross, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Instead. It's always a flip of the coin, <laughs> this thing. I was getting our Sharvan vibes, you know? Yeah, well, he was... Did you read this too? He was the last... Our Sharvan was the last player to score a hat-trick at Anfield before was he? Trossard. Yeah. Oh. There's only been three in the Prem era. I can't not a Liverpool who, player. Obviously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. sorry. A travelling. Yeah, an away team. But really, there's not been anyone else. Nah, dead set. Our Sharvan was the last in the Prem. Holland will do it this year. Will, who is he not going to score hat-tricks against? Probably score seven <laughs> against them at this rate. <laughs> He's got to try and get 261, doesn't he? So, really uh, ponting stats. I don't know. Uh, this this can probably tie into it. I wasn't going to talk about this game, but um, we can tie it in with Liverpool. But Southampton losing to Everton 2-1. Mm-hmm. Liverpool are now on the... From a Liverpool perspective, they're now on the same points as Everton. Isn't that outrageous? And that's that just sounds... It sounds horrible for them. Sounds really good for Everton. But it's <laughs> somewhere in the middle, isn't it? Yeah, it's, you would think both sides are still underperforming because I think even Everton, having only won two games, you know, there's the chat now. Uh, I think someone said in the media, whisper at Lampard's turning things around. Is he, though? I'm still unconvinced. They've had two easy-ish fixtures, I'd say, against sides that will finish below them. But for Everton and Liverpool to be neck and neck at the moment is a more of an aberration on Liverpool, definitely. It's not Everton overachieving by any means. Yep, fair. We'll leave that there. Let's talk about Palace and Chelsea. Ugh. Palace going ahead early. Uh, can we just let's Whoa. just jump straight into this fucking farcical discussion oh, about God. Thiago Silva? Um, I'm guessing you're going with red card. Don't know how you can't. I I haven't seen other than Joe. Shout out Joe. The, there's the only one that tried to make an excuse for this decision. He was pretty adamant that it was a yellow card from the outset. Come on, Joe. Joe. Come on. Look, you're one eye of the best of times, but I've never not seen this given as a red. It's last man, deliberate handball, you're off. That's how it goes. The case I've seen some people making is that how do you define what's a clear goal-scoring opportunity and what isn't? I'd have thought the last defender falling over and you running towards goal with the ball... Uh, is a goal-scoring opportunity. I think that's pretty, pretty as clear, clear as you can define it. That would almost be the illustration I would show refs in their coaching, in their refereeing courses. Yep. Which, in which, it brings me to the old, people hate this when you talk about changing the game. But, if people can't agree on that being a red card, if you think a red card is too harsh for that, um, is this where we need the sin bin? The sin bin. A, an orange I'm type forward. card, a 10 minute you, you play with 10 men for the next 10 minutes because, you you know, that's super cynical. You know, it's like those other ones you see, some of those ones with the, like, uh, we talked about, I think the Chiellini one and the, at Wembley oh, on Sucker. Yeah. Whereas, obviously, it's contentious because Sucker's going to run away and it's going to be a good chance. You couldn't definitely say it's going to be a clear goal-scoring opportunity because it's on halfway, it's on the wing. Yeah, exactly. But it's so cynical that it should be, like, 10 minutes yeah. You, know, you should be you punished. Need to go sit. You need to be punished with more than just a yellow card, I think. Think about what it's you It's too did. easy to do these cynical fouls. Um, it really is. And I think you can incorporate um, time wasting into um, sin binnable offenses I think so as too. well. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a joke. And the amount of. That's another argument again, but the amount of time the ball is spent in play. Like, that's it. You know, it's sometimes we. I think we said that on the weekend. We were watching the Arsenal Spurs game together. It was like. How often did the ball go out for a throw-in? And 30 seconds later, we're all sitting there still like, is the ball going to come in? Is anyone taking this yeah. throw-in? What's happening? Like, There's fucking 10 balls on the side of the pitch. Let's get the fucking game moving. I liked um, uh, another friend of our show, uh, Nick Andrew, the Newcastle fan. He uh, <laughs> The one. <laughs> he's a big fan of the... Uh, uh, well, correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, but uh, he was a big fan of the you know 35 minutes or whatever, or 30-minute halves. With stoppage. Yeah, that's... Clock stops. It's Ball not, goes out, clock stops. Ooh, that's like a very rugby league thing to do, isn't it? It's kind of... Uh, rugby league doesn't stop that much. It's very AFL. Very AFL, okay. I guess. So more so. But also you still have the stoppage time on top. 30 minutes and then whatever is left. No, no, no. As in like, it would, well, it just... you, Yeah, whatever's... Every time the ball goes out or something, yeah. the clock stops. Okay. You probably wouldn't do it for fouls. Maybe some fouls. Certain fouls you wouldn't. Like, say you give a free kick and... Uh, we're just talking shit now. But <laughs> I like say, it. This is say, you a, say you give a free kick, you know, and then the referee, uh, the opposition asks for the wall. 
and the referee will then okay. say it's on his whistle. Yeah, maybe then off. he'd stop the clock. They set up the wall, and then the free kick's taken. Clock starts again. Yeah, when the ref blows his whistle, um, there'd have to be I don't know. People will get angry at this because we're talking about changing, <laughs> you know, the game that we love so much. But well, I wanted the idea of bringing in different coloured cards that had different time penalties. <laughs> so like, yeah, that's getting can, extreme. You can get the teal card for five minutes for kicking the ball away like yeah, an idiot. Nice. All right, you go sit off. Ten minutes for a chalice and juggling it. You go. That's unsportsmanlike. Yeah, nice. And they're all painted by Mr. Squiggle. Precisely. Or um, what's his name? The Ross guy with the curly hair. The really, no, the, no, the really soothing guy on SBS paints what? the pictures. Someone will, someone will text in. They'll yeah. know. No, they won't. <laughs> no one knows what you're talking about. It's the 1300 yeah. number. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I would be happy to see some sort of stoppage thing. And I'd love to see a fucking sin bin thing because stuff like this should definitely be. We should have just been a red card, but yeah, if we're not going to give these red cards, then yeah. you need, it need, at least needs something more than just a yellow as a punishment because it's not enough. Let me be the last person to say if this was any side other than a Super League side, it would have been a red card. And I wholeheartedly believe that. I'll let you in your tinfoil world have that. Aubameyang got off the mark. He did. Good, good goal too. Good on him. Yeah. It was a good goal. Congratulations. Um, I just have so little interest and kind of respect for him as a footballer and a person that I don't really care what he does. I think I said to you off air before we started recording that he he's always, even when he was at Dortmund, gives me really big like... Giant baby vibes. Yeah. Big man child shit. He needs... Yeah, he constantly needs people telling him he's amazing and he's all... He's just so fat, like, all about his image and his ego and how he comes across to people. His look, um, whatever. I could put up with it at Dorman. Good striker. He, ma- he made a good partnership with Marco and um, uh, Goetz. Goetze. Goetze. Yeah. Yeah. They were fun to watch together, but in this, like, bloated Chelsea team full of overpaid egotists he just really he kind of fits in too well and I can't I can't vibe yeah uh, the uh, the other um, what was the Arsenal the Arsenal all or nothing doco as well didn't really do him many favours either paint him in a very good light so mm. whatever maybe I'm biased there but fuck him I'm not too sad they lost him you can't keep someone who's not going to perform um, alright who doesn't want to be there Palace what do we think of them right now I think they're still in the same spot of which we would describe would have described them last season in that they're a good side who play good football who can't get the results that they probably deserve and need. Yeah. And it was the same thing here. They, they should have got a point and maybe they should have won this game um, irrespective of a red card because they and it was like the Liverpool-Brighton game. They could have been two or three up before Chelsea got back into it. So Yeah. For me, everything points towards Vieira being a pretty good coach right now but doesn't have the cattle mm. maybe. Maybe needs a few more cattle. Yeah, a few more warm bodies to <laughs> accompany the cattle. A yak or two. A buffalo. <laughs> Do it. Do the yak. Some more cattle. <laughs> yak. <laughs> if you wanted to go full tin hat, because it is on right now, um, you could say Vieira. Here we go. Vieira is a guy that go. should be getting the opportunities that Lampard has had and that Gerard will no doubt have. I think. Of the former greats of that era of Premier League, I think we're seeing Vieira emerge as a better manager than those two, but he won't be given the opportunities that those two will. Yeah, fair. All right. That wasn't that out of realm? <laughs> I don't know. What? Yeah. I just wanted to stir some shit. That's Sometimes something. I struggle to stay tuned in when I know that you've gone to Hinfoil Hat. Yeah. It's like when I wake up after a Leeds game and there's usually 78 messages just from you, one-liners. What? about the Leeds game and at some points you're flying off the handle <laughs> talking about the conspiracy and the the embedded Leeds hate in the system of English football that, it's anti-Leeds bias yes yeah right mm. it's there it exists does it and then sometimes there's like really like nail focused nail focused nail focused I'm like, I'm like Amy Duggan. You could work for Optus Sport this week. <laughs> I could definitely do the highlights on a weekend for Optus Sport. Tell us about Neil Mopay playing for Brentford. He did play for Brentford. Did he? I'm positive of it. Read we'll, it. We can null and void the Lewandowski. He didn't bet. go to Everton from there. No, he That's didn't. That's for sure. He didn't. Semantics, all right? Semantics. All right, I'm just going to quickly throw some numbers at you here. Uh, Bournemouth, Brentford, nil-nil. Won't talk about that. Ugh. 
Uh, Fulham won Newcastle 4 we won't talk about that Fulham red card took him out of the game you sure though Newcastle they're 7th we weren't going to we don't have it on our list here Sam the Toon are 7th they've won 2 games mm. we'll settle we'll save it for another week because I also have uh, another loyal listener Brendan Simpkins Newcastle fan he's keen to get involved we'll, I said we'll get awesome. in touch when we'll get in touch when Newcastle are a bit more up and about though hell yeah because they've made a lot of noise Yep, the bit They've chirpy. made a lot of noise. A bit chirpy. But up until now, they only had the one win. They've now got two. That's awesome. And put four past Fulham, who have been, uh, you know, good. So They've been good. As yep. many, They've got as many wins as fans that listen to this pod, so that's awesome. Um, and the other one we won't be talking about will be Leeds and Aston Villa. <clears throat> Are you sure? Yep. Nil-nil. Okay. Done. Well, I was going to say, in the group chat, I wasn't... Here we go. I wasn't overly... Jesus Christ. ...cynical or, you know, I wasn't... I didn't message that often. I just right. sent the one text saying, okay, good, Leeds have been screwed by the officials again. <laughs> and that'll be it. That'll be it. <laughs> have you ever seen a guy get a second yellow for blocking a quick free kick? Like, what in what world do you... Just talk to him. Just tell him he was like the most exciting player in an otherwise... Look, Leeds Villa, not an advert for the Prem. No one should ever have to watch this game ever again. I see where this is going. But why would you send off the most exciting guy on the ground for simply blocking a quick free kick? Is that how it works? The rules are different if you're the best player in the park? It would seem that way. It would seem that way. I mean, the amount of time-wasting tactics that were employed by Tyrone Mings, Leon I said we're not going to talk about it. We're not talking about it. It was a frustrating game. Leeds aren't very good either, so just deal with that for a second. How about you try and process that? This was the thing. I waited almost a month to see Leeds come back, and like, Lord have mercy, this is what I was subjected to. Yeah, they're not very good. they got some players there that could be better, but they've still got a lot of junk in that squad, I think. Mediocre. Um, Shut up, we're not talking about it. We're also not going to talk about Forrest and Leicester because it hasn't been played yet. (laughs) Um, <laughs> let's do this West Ham 2 Wolves nil. Lash Ciao. Another manager Out the door See you later Yeah what's see you In Portuguese uh, Goodbye <laughs> Probably I don't know. what they said To him as he left Yes <laughs> I don't recall Saying good luck <laughs> That's it So long Good luck I believe I had a hat no, um, One win in 14 Doesn't really Read well does it But Gee whiz Sam Three sackings in eight games. It's a lot. It's a lot of manager turnover. Um, who have we lost? We've lost Tuchel? Parker. Parker. Oh, I forgot Tuchel. Yeah, Tuchel. Uh, uh, at the moment, all three may be warranted. Mm, interesting. Wolves drop-off has been ridiculously big. And it's, it's like a... Uh, you may as well cut, cut it now and try and salvage something here before it just keeps going that was the argument or not the argument but that's what we were talking about with Rogers last week um, but this is like the flip situation when they let Bruno Large spend uh, what is it 122 million pounds in the off season yep. but they kind of signed like a host of left of centre players no like household yeah. names no one that's going to come in and shake the league up um, what they really miss is a striker because they hold the ball well they get into good attacking areas but without, you know, Raul Jimenez firing, they don't really have anyone banging them in. Um, which is why I thought it was even more surprising they would sack him. Because Diego Costa comes off the bench for half an hour and actually looks enterprising and looks like someone that could score goals for, for Wolves, despite everything I thought prior to the signing. So for me, it's surprising. I thought you'd give him at least until the World Cup. It seems a bit rash. It might be rash. They're just, they're not very good. They've looked pretty poor and mm. I don't know, they they weren't done any favours against City in their last game by that dickhead no. sent off. <laughs> no, exactly. Chest hike, uh, scissor kick. What are they? They've only scored three goals this season, so it's the least of any team. Um, makes kind of a bit of sense, doesn't it? Yeah, they've not been good. All right. Uh, probably the last, the last game. The big one from Sunday night. How excited are you for this? I know that our listeners know. They know how much we hate United. And we tried to be nicer than the other week. They've been in some good form. They won a bunch of away games. Mm. Ten Hag, manager of the month. I mean, they scored three goals away to City. Which no one's done this year, I think. Or one team has done. Yeah. This calendar year. But they let in 86 at the other end. <laughs> in the first half. Um, <laughs> Erling Haaland's come away with a Jason Dunstall-like performance. <laughs> oh. Kicked 14 goals, three. How uh, big goal umpire. <laughs> Gary, Gary Ablett kicked a bunch of snags as well. Came away with a bag. <laughs> Phil Foden kicks six. 
uh, they were all racking up posies. It was yeah, huge. It was good. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the same game multis got up. Yeah, massive. <laughs> a bit of stat padding at the end for Martial, definitely. <laughs> Six three, Man City, Erling Haaland three, three home games in a row, three hat tricks every week at the moment. This podcast is turning to us just going hard on how much we love Haaland. Hard for Haaland is the new podcast. Hard name. for Haaland. We are all hard for Haaland, aren't we? I woke up and you had left a message in the chat like, Tommy, you are going to jizz yourself when you see these goals. Because <laughs> after the Foden goal, I made the very wise decision to have an early night because it had been a big weekend. Because you wanted to get up and watch Leeds. Yeah, because I wanted to get up and watch Leeds, yes. But yeah. I felt like at that point I knew what was going to happen. Um, but this was a good game because all the wild pre-game predictions I made to people, Haaland hat-trick, I think I said 6-4 to my housemate, because um, I was trying to reassure the Man United fans yeah, yeah. that you can get at City and you can score goals. Yep. I just didn't think it would be in like the most junk time, 45 minutes of a second half I've ever seen. But it was. Yeah. Has there, <laughs> has there ever been like a more needless 45 minutes to be played? They could have stopped at halftime. Be like, no, nah, we're done. They could have. It would have been fair. <laughs> it would have been <laughs> fair for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we would have been deprived of Anthony's banger though. That is a really good point. And that was a sick goal. It was a very good goal. That was, you know, for all yeah. his misgivings, you know, Ten Hag probably made a mistake in playing him and that he's not quite across like the forward pressing and the midfield pressing. Yep. And um, on the left-hand side, Grealish and Giaconcello really just ran uh, Dalot and Anthony a bit of a bath. Uh, their link-up play was just so explosive and you know you saw the early yellow card for uh Dalot as well yeah like uh, what was straight it? After, away yeah after a minute and you're yeah. just like fuck this is not good this is not going to be a good scene for the man united defenders today um so th- you know outside of that anthony did provide that wicked and probably the best goal of the game yeah it was uh oh actually i still i really love i think it was holland's was his second one the reaching one. The reaching one yeah. and the De Bruyne ball. De Bruyne is... I don't want to hear anything else. De Bruyne is the best player in the world. Wow. In the world? Like Ballon d'Or? Or? Yeah, he's the best player in the world. Shit. So you would have him over Benzema? Yep. Unreal. He's the best player in his position in the world, I think. Yeah, definitely. He's not better than Haaland, though. <laughs> At what? At football, more generally. Because we saw Haaland have two assists, so the guy can score goals and assist the football too. He can't play centre mid. No, but De Bruyne can't play up top. Obviously. <laughs> but if we're talking about best player in the world... I'm giving it to De Bruyne right now. I would disagree, but... I think if you had Benzema there, De Bruyne is feeding Benzema instead. Maybe yeah. Benzema would only get two against United, not three. Maybe not three, yeah, potentially. Yeah. And it would be in the last ten Because minutes. he just wouldn't be able to get that one where he reached... Which is incredible because you see the angle in which he turns his boot. It's so yeah. controlled the finish despite the lunging effort. It's, yeah. Is that, it's out of this world. How can you describe this guy? I got a couple of United questions for you. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I've got a couple here too. I wanted to uh, actually think about what happened in this game. How about if you are going to go out and buy someone with the experience of Casemiro, why wouldn't he play in this game? Are they saving him for the Europa League? What the fuck? Why would you sign Casemiro and not play him in this game? Why is he, why is he behind McTominay and Eriksen? That's he's Casemiro. It's an interesting one. Saving him for the Europa League. Do you think that's an actual thing? No, I was taking the piss. Oh really? Oh yeah. Because yeah. that's the only thing I could think of would be a reason. I mean, Ten Hag just approached it incorrectly, hasn't he? Because you can't play Eriksen in centre mid with Fernandez against Manchester City. Why would you not have the two screening players in Casemiro and McTominay? I don't know. It doesn't, right? It doesn't make any sense. Why would you buy him if you're not going to play him against the best team in the league? Well, they weren't playing Arsenal this week, but... Hey. Hey. But what? Yes. Yeah, so why would you buy him if you're not going to play him against the best team in the comp? That, Arguably the best team in the globe. He replicated the lineup that did beat Arsenal. So, in my mind, maybe that's the only thing that he thought was like, okay, this is a winning formula... These guys sure. have performed against the best. Maybe they can perform against the rest. Arsenal don't have De Bruyne. <laughs> Arsenal don't have Holland. Nor do they have an Ericsson. <laughs> Nor do they have an Ericsson as uh, 
Who was it? Who it was pointed Merson. out? Merson? Yeah. Merson pointed out. I'm going to say it every week now. Yeah. Because it was so I stupid. Love it. it was the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So stupid. Um, but maybe that's why they lost. They need more Ericsons. Yep. Two of them. Three. Uh, my next question was, of a sim- in a similar vein, uh, why the fuck is Martial never playing? Why mm. is Rashford still... Rashford sucks. I'm it's sorry. It's weird, isn't it? It's not good. Rashford is uh, like break, like a quick break merchant. He doesn't really do anything link up. He He's stands average. In, stands in between the center backs. He can't play wide. We know that now. He doesn't do a lot through the center. Bang average, yes. Uh, like, I might have gone harsher. He's not bang average. He's a good player. But I'd, I'd correct me if I'm wrong, United fans, but surely Martial, <laughs> I don't know. He seems to score goals. And he, just, had, he had a better preseason as well. Because like, we saw Manu in, a, in Australia. He, he looked the more likely he to did. lead the line this season. He did. Um, and you know when you go into a season a Premier League season you've got options of Rashford, Martial, Ronaldo to play up top they're pretty good options and yet somehow Mancarate are making it look very difficult to get them to work I wanted to ask you here we go Ronaldo <laughs> yeah what about him <laughs> even when he doesn't get on the pitch I want to talk about him um there was lots of talk post game that they're showing him disrespect by continually benching him and not bringing him into games, not starting I him. I know where you're going. When Ten Hag was questioned yep. as to why he was an unused sub, he replied, I wouldn't bring him in out of respect for Cristiano for his big career. <laughs> what does that mean? Is there not a bigger game in potentially his twilight career? Then coming on against Man City at 4-1 down. That's when I would have brought him on. Immediately after the Anthony banger. Boom. Ronaldo's up. Yeah. Get him on the pitch. Everyone's up and about. Everyone's excited. Great goal. You bring Ronaldo on. There's a bit of a buzz throughout the team. Like, okay, here we go. Just pin it up. Get the ball in the box. Let Ronaldo do his thing. That, for me, was the moment to bring him on. And yet... <laughs> just didn't bring him on. He sits there just looking good on the bench next to Casemiro. Uh, I woke up this morning to a message from another one of our loyal listeners, Adam Leach, saying, uh, <laughs> made three subs and Ronaldo still isn't on the park yet. <laughs> yep. I don't understand. Why, why is he there? It's baffling. What is going on? And this whole bullshit about respecting him, like, oh, you know, well, I think we had that in a game once, Amateur League, we got absolutely pumped. And the coach said after he didn't make any subs because he didn't think, he didn't want it. None of the guys on the bench deserved to go out there and play <laughs> in that. Like, they didn't deserve to be a part of that loss. Like, yep. the players out there just need to suffer through it. They're detached yeah, from you the You guys experience. aren't part of this. Yep. Detached from it. Yeah. But anyway, they. I would have got him on. <laughs> I would have put him on. Is Ronaldo. the point of having one of the greatest Ronaldo. players in the modern era and yeah. not playing him? Yeah, I don't. You tell me. It's so hard for me to blame Manu's poor performances on him when he's not playing. The worst bit I found was today, all through social media, you know, those like, all those football pages that do the constant, like, the 100 emoji with like respect or something, or like class. uh, Yeah. (laughs) And it was like Ten Hag, classy. Like, shut up. (laughs) Makes no sense. How is that class? Ah, just, oh, showing such respect for Ronaldo. Fucking. You want to respect him? Play the fucking guy. Exactly. Makes a comment. Respect. It's not how it Put works. Put him on the park. Christ. Uh, have you got anything else on that? Just, you know, maybe, maybe the flip side is, like in a first half where United can't string a pass together, what, what actually can Ronaldo do if he's on the pitch? Because City score, what, five minutes after the Anthony equaliser to make it five... Oh, not equaliser. The Anthony goal to make it 5-1. And, you know, you think maybe it's just... You're making a rod for your own back by bringing him on and isolating yeah. him and not, you know, him, not him scoring perhaps as well. Yeah. Maybe it's easier to keep him off the pitch. <laughs> All right. We'll move it on. I'll throw to you for some La Liga here because uh, Barcelona have gone top on goal difference for now until I think Spain has head to head, but they haven't played each other yet. Um, Real Madrid drawing at home to Osasuna, Osasuna yeah. who I feel like they. Osasuna always take points off Madrid. Maybe that's just a vibe thing I've got going on. I, I'm going to go vibe. Nah, nah, I'm not. <laughs> okay, you've changed your mind. I'm locking it in that I've, I've seen it so many times. Osasuna take points off Real Madrid. Um, All right. Bogey side. 
Barcelona won one nil away to Mallorca, and very importantly, Robert Lewandowski scored, and oh. I'm up and about because you're gonna owe me a six pack by the end of this. Not again. I just I thought about this today because I was like, how could I get this so wrong? How has he scored nine goals in seven games in La Liga? And I just fell into that trap of underrating him. Eleven I'd, to go. Eleven to go. Yeah. In what? How many games? Thirty games. So yeah. Look, he's hoping for a career-ending injury Whoa. for the sake of my six-pack. Jesus. You don't understand how badly I'm on this six-pack. Christ. I'm sitting here crossing my fingers. You just wished a career-ending ending injury on Robert Lewandowski. Yeah, I did. You know what? Uh, that reminds me of uh, <laughs> when, he, when he went to Bayern and they beat Dortmund in the DFB Pokal, the German Cup. And was, they were walking up to go get their medals and he walked past Marco Royce and Marco Royce wasn't clapping. He just stood there and gave him this death stare. <laughs> Marco Royce is the king of Dortmund. Yeah, and Mr. Dortmund. Lewandowski's a fucking deserter. Bit of a turncoat. Deserter. Yeah. But how could he stay? How could he stay there given how good he is? I just wish it wasn't Bayern. I wish it was a different league altogether. But the guy's unreal. He's going to go down as one of the greatest all-time goal scorers. He will, so. yeah, definitely. Um, I just, yeah, I fell into that. Nine. I fell into that trap of him scoring goals every week for the same team, and just thought, no, he's a farmer. He's not. He's not. He's definitely not. He's done it in the Champions League anyway. He has, but he did play for a good side in the Champions League. Remember when he scored a hat trick against Real Madrid for Dortmund? I do remember that. He took the piss out. Oh, I thought that Dortmund team was good, and that wasn't that he Dortmund part team of, was okay. Didn't they win it? No, they lost the final. They lost line. the final. Yeah. <laughs> Iron Robin scored the winner, I think. Yeah. Maybe Frank Ribery. I think they both scored. Maybe they both scored. 2-1, yeah. I believe. Anyway. Um, Barca have only conceded one in the league this season, which is... Scary. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, are they the deal? We've kind of neglected Barca a bit, I think, so far this season, because we haven't done much La Liga talk. Um, but they're, yeah. They're... Mm. But also, personally, I don't really... Everything that happened with them financially in the off-season, for them to be able to construct a team that is so good and to this level just kind of flies in the face of anything realistic in this world. And I don't know. I kind of feel like any success they will have will be hollow personally. Um, but obviously, you know, what I feel isn't reminiscent of actually what the quality is on the field and, <laughs> and how people feel about the game, especially. <laughs> I was just having a quick look to check there. I have, I thought, hmm... There was a Madrid derby, wasn't there? There hasn't been an El Clasico yet. No, that's on the 17th. It's getting, 17th. Hyped. It's getting okay. hyped on Optus a lot. Nice. I'll leave uh, La Liga stuff with you. Yeah, apparently I'm the expert. No, there's just there's only two of us and I don't watch it, so that rules me out. <laughs> Does that not make me the expert then of the pod? Uh, Come on, you're the Spain expert and I tried France, what? but it got... I mean, you're the Italy expert. I tried France. It wasn't that interesting. Shall we do Italy? Yeah, go on. What we should this week because... Uh, Inter played Roma at the San Siro, uh, who, I'll just say, the, the great stadium that I love looking at so much on the inside, it looks beautiful on TV. Milan and Inter have both decided to destroy it and build a new stadium, which, oh my God. which I was sad about. But then also, the more I read stories of people's experiences going to the stadium is that it is a collapsing old shithole mm-hmm. where water leaks through the roof and then it gets brushed down onto the people below and there was a picture that came out of like the toilets the away toilets upstairs or something Saw and this. it was like just it was criminal. like a squat it was a squat a long drop yeah yeah it was into a garbage bin underneath that Jesus Christ <laughs> some poor migrant had to sweep away at the end of a night but yeah hopefully if they can recreate a stadium with the same sort of like the wall thing behind the goals because that's mm-hmm. I don't know it's just something really cool about it I love it do you think they've outgrown having the same stadium like nah probably not you reckon they'll share one forever now I think they will it's a funny concept isn't it you don't see it a lot I'm not sure they're not going to build two new stadiums no but would it be cool if one kept one nah because then they would be seen as the club with the old dilapidating yeah I, I think it's going to be on the same spot Oh, just straight knock down I think it'll be on the same location Jesus yeah. I wonder where they'll play in the meantime they need it get rid of it destroy it it's been yeah. it's crumbling and they've got no land yeah anyway um, that's that but Inter played Roma there Roma got a 2-1 win oh. and it's just like it's so but weren't Roma shit last week they were they were terrible but it's all just it's up and down every week who, who knows 
uh, Paolo Dybala scored and Chris Smalling whose career has been <laughs> completely up yeah. since he went to Roma Funny um, he scored 2-1 win away that's huge for them um, so what you're saying is Harry Maguire should go to Roma sure yeah yeah partner up with Smalling um, I mean it only puts it puts Roma 6th but like that whole top 7 at the moment 7th being Juventus Udinese, Udinese are in there in fifth somehow, but they're like they beat Roma four nil. So who like it's just so all over the place. It's I, every week I'm saying it now, and we need it. Maybe we won't do Italy next week because <laughs> I just keep saying the same things. It's been so good to watch, and there's goals going in everywhere. Just tune in. That's um, all we can say. Tune in. How good is Atalanta right now? Continue to yeah, they're going as well at Napoli, Napoli yeah. and Atalanta. Yeah, it's so tight. Um, the Milan game was interesting how so they scored with 10 to go to take the lead who Milan did yeah yeah. and then Empoli uh, the guy scored a free kick in the 92nd minute Ooh. Empoli lost 3-1 oh good he <laughs> scored an equaliser at 92nd minute and the commentary was like you know rescues a point rescues a point against the league champions and then uh, Balotelli scored his first goal for Milan and then Rafael Liao scored a delicious lob Rafael Liao has been unreal uh, league MVP last season so yeah. we had that discussion the other week where I couldn't figure out if he won it or not I couldn't remember definitely did but that was for the club okay. no, he won the league MVP oh brilliant someone man. could correct me on that maybe I've missed, I've missed that again but nah that kind of sounds let's really roll with innocent. it yeah let's roll with another it another vibrate he's excellent though and you can see it in all sorts of European competition you see it most weeks in this league great player playing at maybe not even the peak of his powers maybe he's nah, he'd no, he's still raw. more to go Raw. Raw. That's the theme of the pod this week. Where's the lamb sauce? (laughs) (laughs) What I like the best about Serie A right now is that Sassuolo are still in eighth. (laughs) Never never shall they leave from that position. Yeah, they uh, they won (laughs) 5-0 on the weekend. Obliterated. um, And Monza won again. They did. Monza won 3-0. They were sitting bottom going into their last game. They ended up beating Juve. Mm -hmm. And now they they beat Sampdoria away 3-0, so... Sampdoria not great. They're in relegation troubles as well. Yeah, did Sampdoria so bad they sacked their manager? Yeah. Um, Sampdoria bottom, their rivals Genoa went down last year, so maybe they want to go down and join them. Who oh, knows? That's cute. That's cute, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I've got nothing else there unless you want to do... There's nothing to talk about in Germany, really. Dortmund suck. Freiburg is still going well. Leipzig won. Yep. Uh, Union still top? Uh, Freiburg, I believe. Freiburg. Oh, Union are still top. Freiburg. Beautiful. Uh, Bayern Dortmund. Very good. Leipzig are actually 11th somehow. They're just Fantastic. Yeah, I feel like every time I look, they've had a big win. But <laughs> and yet. Yeah. <laughs> Remain in the doldrums. Yeah, well, they um, can stay down there. That's about it. Celtic and Rangers both won. We don't really talk about France because no one cares. Yeah. And yeah. Messi scored a good goal. What are you going to do? Brilliant. Yeah, soccer. Yay. Um, do you want to have one more guessing game before we... We finish oh, this up. Fuck, go on. I've got the answers, so it makes it easier. Not one of these ones where you, you don't have the answers. Nah, but you'll nah. Ask me anyway. Nah. Well, I mean that's funnier, but this early one's days called, of the pod. I might bring it back. Um, City were the only third side this season to have. Oh, not this season, but the only third side. Uh, this is how the article is written. So only the okay. third side to have two hat trick scorers in a single Premier League game after Arsenal versus Southampton in two thousand and three. And Leicester versus Southampton in 2019. Doesn't sound great for Southampton. Let's just put that out there. No. Care to have a guess at who scored the hat-tricks in either of these games? Can I start with the Leicester one? Yep. And I'll say Vardy. Yep. Tick. And Madison. No. Barnes. No. Who was it? Uh, Perez. Jose Perez. Jose Perez. Yes. Back when he jacked up 30 million pounds onto his price tag. Yep. Wow. And then there the other one, other one was Arsenal, prime, maybe um, just after prime Arsenal. What year? 2003. 02-03 season. Mm, they won, the, they won the FA Cup that year okay. against Southampton, actually. Beat them in the final. 1-0. Oh. Robert Pires goal. Um, You're on to something 03, there. 04 was the invincible season. Mm-hmm. 02-03. Henri? No. Men- so, you've mentioned one already. Pires. Pires. Got a hat trick, yeah. And then the other would... It would have to be Burkan then, wouldn't it's it? It's kind of left striker. It's kind of left field. Think Is of it a striker. Nah, it's a winger, an emerging winger, a young fella. Emerging winger who ends up fella. going to have a career at multiple other clubs. 
Good, good Premier League stalwart, English player. English? Hmm. Oh, boy. First name, Jermaine. Pennant. Jermaine Pennant scored a hat-trick that wow. day. Wow. Yeah. There you go. He ended up having a pretty decent career, I think. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good one of those yesteryear nostalgic Premier yeah, League players. Career. I was going um, to... My timelines are so bad with stuff like this, but I, when was Anelka at Arsenal? Just before. Before you said English and you said he started as a winger and then went on to have a good... Uh, yeah. I was thinking Anelka. You're thinking Anelka, but, yeah. Was that just before? 99, 2000? Anelka would have been like 99-ish, maybe yeah. 2000. I don't know. Anelka's right. ended up playing for like 700 clubs. Well, he was what an aging Spurs forward, wasn't he? In like two thousand and eight or something. Yeah, so he had a long career. Won a won a golden boot with Chelsea, didn't he? He may have. Yeah, him and he Diego, played for all of them. Yeah, him and Diego Costa tie a golden boot. Oh, that's an awesome quiz question. What is it, Nicholas Anelka, golden boot? Let's find out. In the Premier League, I want to say like thirteen, twenty thirteen. Oh my God, he did. Uh, he won the Golden Boot Award on 14th of November 2008 for being the first player that season to score 10 Premier League goals. What? Think that must think that must have given Golden Boots out for different reasons in the day. Yeah, I'm looking at the right one. How could there be more than one Golden Boot? I don't know. Maybe it's not called a Golden Boot. Oh, that's probably going to good... be great listening. That's <laughs> it's the Barclays Golden Boot Award. Premier League leading goal scorer. And I love that they've titled it Anelka Steals the Golden Boot Award. Like, he didn't deserve it. He just kind of... Steals. Came in and tapped in 10 goals and won it. Okay, maybe he didn't then. Maybe they just used to score 10 goals a season that that year. Uh, it's old Premier League. No oh, one, here we go. Nicholas no Anelka netted his 19th goal of the season for Chelsea against Sunderland on Sunday to secure his status as Golden Boot winner for the Premier League season 08-09. Bang. There it is. There you go. Uh, for some reason, I had a feeling he tied it, but um, he was 30 years old as well when he did that. Like a fine wine. Like Second a... lowest top scorer tally in the Premier League history. Yeah, but, I was, uh, that does sound low, doesn't he it? He still won it. He still won it. It's classic because Haaland's going to have that goal tally in like three weeks. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's pretty much there. <laughs> yeah, he's made it. Maybe he might get it this week. If he gets another bag of 13 like Jason Dunstall did. For every 19... Another great football reference. It's over. How annoyed are you? The fucking season knew, is done, man. I knew, I knew like, every time I made an AFL reference, it was going to bug you. The problem is I recognise all of them and it really upsets me uh, even more that I know that it's happening. Every time Harlan scores 19 goals, we'll call it an Anelka. Every time he scores 19? Yep. So yeah. Every time he hits the point of 19 goals... He's got one Anelka. And then if he scores 38, he's got oh, two Anelkas. Okay, okay. Two Anelkas. Yeah. So then at the end of the season, we can say... We can measure it. Uh, Erling Haaland was this year's Premier League Golden Boot winner by scoring seven Anelkas. Yeah. <laughs> seven and three quarter Anelkas. <laughs> seven and three quarter Anelkas. Anelka is now a unit of measurement. <laughs> Statistical measuring. It still makes more sense than like yards. And <laughs> furlongs. Yeah, Fairlongs. It's uh, miles. I don't know what that is. Twelve inches in a foot, three feet in a yard, two hundred yards in a furlong. You are a school teacher, aren't you? Um, six, eight, eight furlongs in a mile. Maybe more. I don't know. We'll leave it at that. Who cares? Stupid unit of measurement. We'll just call it an Anelka. <laughs> an Anelka. All right, that'll do. We'll wrap it up. Uh, thanks for. Li- Hopefully, this sounds okay. We don't. We won't oh, know till we're done. Yeah, true. I won't know till we put it up. This felt like a fairly funny one too. So oh, well. is, all right. Did it? You can't say that. You can't call yourself funny. No, not me. In general, Jesus. The vibe. I don't the think vibe. I'm, I don't think I'm funny. We're recording with a microphone on top of a microwavable rice cooking container. Yeah, and mine's got coffee and tea in it, so. It's very English. We are professional. Ah. <laughs> Ciao.